Don't give the enemy a seat at your table. Last week, we talked about the invitation in Psalms 23, verse 5a, where the king invites us to a table he has prepared to set for two in the presence of our enemies. We talked about knowing the tactics of the enemy, and he will use anything he can to turn us from God. But if you resist him with the word of God, then he has got to flee. And next we talked about winning the battle of your mind, taking every thought captive to make it obedient to Christ, as stated in 2 Corinthians 10.5, and then we sealed it all with the power of prayer. So I want to pick up from there using uh, Psalms 23.5.8 as our scripture, which says, Thou prepare the table before me in the presence of my enemies. Now, we're going to talk a little bit more about winning the battle of your mind, which leads to victory. So let's talk about that path to victory. Now, if you don't get anything else from this lesson, I'm giving it to you up front. The thing is, we fight our battle from victory and not to victory. I'll say that again. We fight our battle from victory and not to victory. We're not trying to win a war here. That war has already been won. Christ won it at the cross of Calvary. But even though the war is over, Satan is still waging battles in our minds. He's trying to overturn the victory that has already been won. The battle is a spiritual battle, raging all around us 24-7, day and night, night and day. And it starts in your mind. And I want to tell you, it's not a playground fight. We're not pulling hair. It's a vicious fight. It's intense. It's the unrelenting, and it's unfair because the devil never fights fair. The devil finds a way to infiltrate our minds with lies and doubt. He serves us half-truths, and that's when he pulls up a chair and he sits right down at the table. And I said before, he knows that if he can get your mind, then he's got you. And you know if you get up from your seat, that's an open invitation for the devil to sit down. But he doesn't have to stay there. The good news is that the outcome God has planned for you is victory and not defeat. Somebody say victory. Let me say that again. The outcome God has planned for you is victory and not defeat. The path is already laid out. From the, the scripture that Tiffany uh, quoted, Jeremiah twenty nine eleven. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. He has plans for us. 
They're all laid out, and all you have to do is follow that path. Now, sometimes the path is a straight one, and sometimes it has some stumbling blocks along the way. Sometimes it goes over mountains, and, and it goes down into valleys, but it is still a path that's well laid out and ends in victory. As we travel along the path, we hold the hand of the king who knows the path because he laid it, and he knows what's ahead. And all we have to do is let him hold our hands and follow where he leads us. Victory is yours. It's never, never too late to change. Change your mind, change your thoughts, change your behavior, your language, and even your life. You have the God-given ability to change your mind. So when those thoughts enter your mind, you have a chance to do something about all the thoughts that are not pleasing to God before they can become a part of you. I have a friend who's a Christian, but she was living with her boyfriend, a non-Christian. But after she got into the Word, she was convicted of her lifestyle. The world, the Word will do that for you. And so she moved out into a place of her own, but she wanted to be married. She just really wanted to be married. So she prayed, Lord, I'm already 45 years old, and I still have to meet somebody. I got to get to know him, and he got to get to know me before we can get married. Hmm. As it happened, she met someone at a funeral she went to, and he was somebody that she went to high school with. And their eyes locked, and she was immediately in a whirlwind from there. She not only knew him, get this, but she knew his friends, and she knew his whole family. So she didn't have to get to know him at all. So within about five months, they were happily married. Somebody say victory. God's invitation is always open. And I want you to know that you are not defined by your past or what you have done. You are not what you did. The enemy wants to define you by your scars. But Jesus wants to define you by his scars. He paid the penalty for all of your sins. Yes, you did it, but God is all about forgiveness. God is not looking for perfection, which is a good thing, because a lot of us, if not all, would be lost. But he is looking for a broken spirit and a contrite heart, as in Psalm 51, 7. He's waiting for you to confess, repent, and accept his forgiveness.
Those sins were nailed on the cross. They were covered at Calvary. They were cast into the sea of forgiveness and will never rise again. And if the enemy tries to bring them up, well, you know what to do. Right, slay him. Slay him with the word of God. One thing I think we need to do is take some time to think about what you think about. Yeah, that's right. Take some time to think about what you think about. Ask yourself why you think what you think. And if those thoughts are not pleasing to God, then you need to change them. Your thoughts lead to actions, and actions left unchecked will surely lead to ungodly behaviors. So we want to change those thoughts. Now listen to this. Get this in your imagination, your sanctified imagination. If I were to place some apples on a table before you, and I said to you, think about these apples, you would begin to think about how firm and juicy and how sweet they are. You would think about you could make some cinnamon apples or some caramel apples, and you could even make the classic apple pie. But, okay, now, I want you to stop thinking about apples and think about oranges. Don't think about what's on the table. Just think about oranges. Well, you probably have discovered it's hard to think about oranges when you're looking at apples. The thing to do would be for me to remove the apples and place an orange on the table. And then you could think about orange. Similarly, when you have thoughts that are not what you want to think about, they may be ungodly, negative, or just plain crazy. You know, we can have some crazy thoughts that just jump in our mind, and you have to change those thoughts by changing your focus. You have to replace those thoughts with wholesome, positive thoughts. You can't just leave them there and think that, okay, they'll go away. Or, you know, when I wake up in the morning, it'll be all right. You have to focus on things that are pleasing to God. You got to change your focus. To do that, you can read Christian books. It doesn't have to be the Bible, although it could be. You can listen to Christian music. My preference is gospel, but well, that's just me. You can formulate a prayer, write it down, and read it back. Change it as your circumstances change. You can even get a, well, I was going to say a tape recorder, but in this day and age, we're using our phones for 
for videos, and we can record our prayers and play them back over and over again. But always, always add an element of thanks to God because he is good and he deserves our praise. If you focus on different things, then you can change your mind. Paul said to think about things that are true, that are honest, things that are just, that are pure, and that are lovely, things that are of good report. He said to think on these things in Philippians 4, verse 8. Now, I want you to remember that this table is set before your enemies. That's a crucial thing. I'm thinking, why in the world would he do that? Why would he sit this table right smack dab in the middle of the battlefield? Why couldn't he just set the dining room table? I mean, why couldn't he find us some a private place where we could have some some privacy. But no, 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 no. He said it right out in the open. So that tells me that location of the table is important because people are watching you. Believe it or not, God wants your enemies to see you. He wants them to know that you are dining with the king, and this will be part of your witness. Other people seeing you may want what you have. They'll see you being blessed, being healed. They'll see how you overcome problems and come out victorious, or even see you being promoted. They see a behavior that's not that's not conducive to what you're going through. They they don't see you uh, with your head and shoulders hung down. They see you overcoming. They see you victorious. So that's why the enemy is forever, ever, ever trying to pull up a chair and fill your mind with all kinds of suspicious thoughts, all kinds of doubts and fear. He wants desperately to get your mind under his control. But we have learned his tactics, and so we can combat his tactics. You can do a a couple of things. I'm sure there are many more that you could do, but here we're going to uh, talk about a, a couple of things. First, Resist filling your mind with junk. You've heard the saying, garbage in, garbage out. What you put in your mind will determine how you live. There is so much junk out there, like the media in the form of TV. You really can't afford to watch a lot of Channel 9 news or other channels. Because there is seldom any good news, just bad news. It gets to be depressing. And we don't want to be depressed. So don't be obsessed with 
the news going on on the TV. I would say watch long enough to see what's going on and then turn to something else more positive. <laughs> and I don't think that's including daytime soap operas either. Think about that. We spend way too much time on the Internet as we scroll through hours of Facebook and Instagram and some of them others that I don't even know about. We, we read newspapers with so much bad news and magazines. I can't figure out why it's necessary to use a woman in a bathing suit to sell cars. I don't get it. I don't know. The Bible says to guard your heart and your mind. And that's just what we need to do. Guard our hearts and our minds, guard our ear gates so that we don't let in negative stuff. And secondly, don't let your mind be lazy. Be alert and aware of new things. Stay intent on being teachable. Become a lifelong learner. You should get a hold to any and everything that you can to read and study and learn. Be willing to take on new projects and tackle challenges head on. If you don't know something, learn about it rather than being content to never knowing. Always ask the Holy Spirit to help you win the battle of your mind. Jesus left or he sent the Holy Spirit to teach us all things. And so if we rely on him, we have a helper and we're not doing things on our own or all by ourselves. Philippians 4, 6, and 7 says, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication. With thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Did you get that? The peace of God which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and guard your minds in Christ Jesus. Prayer is the key, saints, and faith unlocks the door. Our prayers keep us connected to the Holy Spirit who will help us in all we do. So pray, pray, pray. Make your request known unto God. The old folks used to say, Jesus is on the mainland. Call him up and tell him, tell him what you want. Well, I want to win the battle of my mind. And I want to sit at the table prepared for me. And I want to dine with the king. And if I remember to guard my mind, guard my 
ear gate and not let in negative things. And when they get in, sweep them out in a hurry. If I can do that, then I will be successful and I will win on the path to victory. Amen. Amen.